as someone that is new to investing, this is a very helpful platform to help me grow my knowledge. Keep up the good work. Awesome podcast. Very informative. I love this podcast. It's the Jamaica Stock Exchange and You podcast. A production of the Jamaica Stock Exchange in partnership with Hanika Watkins Porter of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. Join us every Monday at 6 a.m. for a new episode. Your path to understanding wealth starts now. Exchange and You podcast, and I am your host, Hanika Watkins Porter. The Jamaica Stock Exchange and You is brought to you by Cumux Wealth Management, making more possible. Now, more than ever, leaders must act swiftly and decisively in taking actions that will give them a winning edge as they lead their teams and organizations. In these unprecedented times, leaders must look to one of the oldest success strategies often overlooked, collaboration. Collaborating with others have proven time and again to reap benefits that no one person can single-handedly attain. This podcast will examine the newly minted memorandum of understanding between the Jamaica Stock Exchange and the Jamaica Manufacturers and Exporters Association, that's the JMEA. And to walk us through that is the president of the JMEA and the CEO of Jamaican Teas, John McFood. Welcome, John. It's so good to talk with you again. Thank you very much. Absolutely, absolutely. I know the last time we talked, it was for the entrepreneurial tv show and that was such a great episode we are going to be you know as i mentioned in the intro just looking at that memorandum of understanding between the jamaica stock exchange and the jmea and just to see you know what's the objective what's the purpose of it first of all let's start there i have seen such a change in the companies in the uh, transformation of the companies that have listed on the stock exchange during the 2010 to the current time, we have seen 44 companies list on the junior stock exchange. And we have seen a total transformation of their business, of their approach to business, and the results of the companies. Whatever reason they they thought would have been the reason to join or, or to list on the stock exchange, it has, I think, in most cases, surpassed their expectations. Uh, it could have been that they listed for tax benefits and so on, but it was in the end, it was way above that in terms of the benefits. And while there's 44 companies that have listed so far, I want to see ultimately, you know, 100 companies on the junior stock exchange. I want to see our members, um, and there are 450 potential companies in terms of membership reap the benefits, uh, grow their businesses, grow the economy of Jamaica, grow their exports. And I believe that this is one of the single most important ways of doing this. And so for you, export, you are very big on export, you know, being a manufacturer yourself. And I know that you've been looking for ways to grow, to grow that export and um, to expand businesses. How close are you? to achieving this goal as president of the JMA? 
It's a long process. You know, we in Jamaica tend to be in our, both our manufacturing and, and other businesses tend to be a little too content with doing business alone in Jamaica. It takes a different type of mindset to push to do exports. It means you have to travel. It means you have to go and see people you didn't know. It means that you have to face the fact that we are a small company uh, trying to export. And when you go and see importers, um, you know, you, ha you have to really treat them as important. Whereas if you're in Jamaica, um, and you are established, you have a different mindset. You have to think small again, you have to be nimble, and it, it takes something extra to get you into that mindset. And so we can talk about it a lot. Uh, we, we talk about the advantages now of um, exporting competitively to the Caribbean, but it's a question of getting it done. So we spend a lot of time um, advising our members about Number one, not only the benefits of exporting, but how to export. You know, we're seeing progress. We're seeing some of our members who hadn't been exporting much before uh, now realizing the benefit of it. We see companies even like Fostridge, which was a, a supplier of electrical uh, material. Now they built a plant that uh, makes conduits and they're exporting. So uh, the more we focus on exports and the more we focus on listing on the junior exchange and talking about it, my hope is that more people will take up those two great possibilities. Absolutely. And you hit a very, very um, solid point right there in terms of the mindset, because when you are doing business locally, you kind of take a lot of things for granted. I really don't think your metal as an entrepreneur, as a business owner has been tested until you really begin to explore the export market. It does take a different kind of a mindset attitude toward, you know, treating those that are your stakeholders who you're doing business with and so on. So maybe we need to talk a little bit about that mindset before we get more into the actual MOU itself. So let's go there. I find that our Jamaican business people are a little too laid back. They're a little too um, satisfied with um, not achieving perfection, you know, and um, even some of us who export, I hear complaints from our customers, you know, that the, the fulfillment rate out of Jamaica is very low. It could be 30, 40%. When they complain to their suppliers in Jamaica, the suppliers give reasons and excuses and don't push that 100% that's necessary to fulfill their promises. And, and so um, in Jamaica, when you do business, um, it's a little easier. You can put up your prices when you want, basically. You can supply or you don't supply. Uh, as long as you're getting by and you have a nice car and you're comfortable at home, maybe that's good enough. That's not good enough when you export. It's not good enough when you're on the junior stock market uh, because when you are on the junior stock market, you all of a sudden have bosses. That's not you. Not that you're giving up control, you know, because it only requires 20% of your shares to be listed to be on the junior exchange. But now you have shareholders looking at your performance and from quarter to quarter and year to year, you have to explain to somebody else 
why you're not doing well or um, and push harder to perform better, increase profits and so on. And so it, it creates that environment where companies really do better just by many reasons. Um, not only that, but now you have a board of directors of independent minded people who also push you to perform better. And um, so it, it really transforms these companies uh, from being uh, family owned businesses that do what they want. They may be satisfied. They may think they're doing well in a Jamaican environment. Uh, and then they see now when the pressure is on what they, what they really can achieve. Of the about 450 companies registered with the JMEA? Correct. What are the size of these companies and what stages of their business life cycle are they generally? Um, about 65% or 70% of our members are small companies. Um, and the, the other 30% or so are larger, medium-sized companies. Um, it's a different set of readiness. Some can go right away. Some are producing accounts. They have a, a strong management base and, and so on and so on. And they can go pretty quickly. In most cases, from the decision to, to go public, to going uh, public could be uh, six months to a year. If, if you're not quite there in terms of documentation, in terms of systems and accounting, it may take longer. And some companies may not be ready in, in terms of their size, but have a desire and a goal. And so if you have a design goal and you know what you have to do, you can prepare yourself for one year, two years, three years out. We haven't started talking about the MOU, but that's the purpose of it is to Number one, get companies informed about what it, it requires to go on the junior exchange, uh, answer their questions and help them to get ready. As it relates to the MOU with the JSE, what percentage are you looking to realistically list perhaps within a year of signing the MOU? The Jamaica Stock Exchange did a, a, a program, I think in 2017, where they targeted 51 companies for listing on the junior exchange. Again, some of them were at different stages of readiness. Four or five years later, 20 of those companies listed. And we are targeting 30 companies this time, but hopefully companies that are closer uh, in readiness. So my hope is that you know within two years, at least half of these companies uh, will list because you, you have to motivate them uh, and you have to um, take time because a number of companies that are family owned take some convincing. And um, we're coming in uh, from the outside uh, trying to encourage them. It's not as if they are already made up their mind. So I, I feel that through the process of information from discussing, uh, from providing technical support and professional support, we could at least um, hope to get another 15 or so. Uh, mm -hmm. That will take us to, a, you know, in a few years, take us to 60. Uh, ultimately, I think that if we can get to 100, that will make a meaningful difference to the economy of Jamaica. 
in terms of the performance of those hundred companies. All right. So, and and I presume some of those um, registered companies are already listed on the market. So you're perhaps looking at about a twenty five percent success rate in terms of listing over the next two years, and that's that's fabulous. I would think. I'm looking at hopefully fifty percent. In other words, we're targeting thirty. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that at least half of them will ultimately list. That will move the existing forty four companies already listed up to about 60. The challenges that some of these companies face and what what it is that the MOU will be doing to, to kind of mitigate against some of these challenges? First of all, to provide information on the challenges and the benefits of um, being listed. Uh, there's a lot of, even now, there may be some concerns uh, about you know, that people have, you know. Um, some people think that by by being listed, somehow you're going to give your secrets away. Uh, people will be able to pry into your business, that it will affect your competitiveness. There's a lot of myths surrounding that, uh, that we have to dispel. Um, then there is the um, the question of giving, giving up control, you know. In, in other words, you have uh, total control of a company, 100%. Now you're going to water down your holding to 80% for argument's sake, but we have to, again, show the, the, the potential in, uh, companies that that 20% that you're selling is actually going into the business. So your 80% ownership is going to be worth, in fact, more because you were talking a little bit about the... Um, the dollar IPO, which I think came out today, they they came out at a dollar, and and already one day later it's a dollar thirty. Probably in the next four weeks or five weeks it'll get up to a dollar eighty. A dollar eighty now translates into a value for those owners. In other words, when they listed, they thought their shares and their business were worth a dollar times however many shares. Uh, were outstanding. Now it's almost doubled their holdings and their ownership and their wealth. So it's a tremendous wealth builder as well. And uh, the thing that's more hard to explain to business persons is how it's going to affect your business. In other words, they, they may think they're doing well. They think they're growing at 5, 10, 15 percent. The, the, the unknown is really the impact of just being listed, having, um, and, and we're going to go through and show them uh, the examples of companies that have listed and the, the change in their, in their financials, the change in their profitability, and the change in the wealth of the individuals who were behind. And for context, let me just share with to our listeners that this conversation that we had about dollars started before we, we started recording. So it, um, you wouldn't have heard and you know be privy to what we're talking about. And again, too, by the time this podcast airs, it would have been um, already listed. So uh, you're hearing this episode in the future, pretty much. <laughs> so just putting some context there. So thanks for sharing some of those things, John, in terms of benefits. And we want to look a little more into outside of the fact that you have access to capital and you are um, given a tax holiday, pretty much. What are some of the other benefits that companies have when they decide to list? In my company's case, we listed because 
we saw there was an opportunity to, to acquire another business and um, we didn't have the financial resources and our bank bankers weren't willing to extend that to us and and we we missed the opportunity uh, and so you know i said to myself while we didn't really need the money to grow we needed the money potentially to expand and take up opportunities and, and that's part of the uh, reason that companies who list do better, you know. Again, you, you see many companies who listed, they use those resources to build more um, bigger factories, to acquire machinery, to extend their business, and um, they don't have to rely on bank financing. I found too that once you list and you adhere to proper accounting rules, you adhere to the stock exchange rules, you publish your accounts regularly, you have a board of directors, bankers see you in a different light. When they look at a publicly quoted company versus a private company, they are much more enthusiastic, much uh, happier to lend to you. And, and so even with the listing and getting that capital, you now find the opportunity to borrow that much easier. Uh, the other thing, that I, I think, again, people don't realize is when bad things happen in the economy or bad things happen in your industry, uh, do you have the financial resources to, to survive? You know, when COVID hit, uh, I remember, uh, and, and this was in the very beginning, when we were all panicking, we didn't know what to expect. We didn't know if the world was going to come to an end. I looked at my business and uh, I said, uh, suppose we have to close down today uh, and we won't be able to open for three months or six months. Uh, how is this business going to survive? How am I going to look after our employees who will not be having any income? And, and so I, I looked at our balance sheet and I, and I saw where we could plan to uh, survive for six months you know, on the resources that we have. And, and that's something that is very important. Companies are going to face disasters uh, in the economy or other reasons that they need financial resources to protect themselves. And if you're too heavily indebted to the bank and you don't have that financial space to survive, you may not. And you may end up with a very good business not surviving. Um, and by going public, by having those additional resources, by paying off bank debts, you're in a much stronger position. And, th and that's, you know, so to me, that's, well, I can't even remember, I, uh, I can't even um, overstate the fact that when you are a private business, uh, how, how much is your company worth? Suppose you wanted to sell it, suppose you died and uh, your, your family now have to figure out what to do. You know, number one, are, is there a succession? Number two, who would want your company and what's the value of it? Uh, it it's uh, very subjective in terms of valuing a privately owned company. When you're on the stock market, your value is there every day uh, for the world to see and for you to see. And um, it means you have something that can be transferred to your family. It means that potential buyers can see the value. When I said succession planning, 
again, one of the things that happens when you're listed, you have to look at your corporate, your structure. You have to put people in place because you're now growing and uh, you're not just a one-man band, you know. Let's kind of bring it home now as it relates to the, the JMA, JC, MOU. Um, who are some of the endorsers? And also give us your final thoughts. Well, we are at the very early stage. Uh, we have signed the MOU. We have had our, our first meeting. Uh, we are starting the process now. Uh, well, we have identified uh, the fact that we will need about 12 million or so to do the things that we need to do, which is to provide the professional services that companies will need, whether it is to put in corporate governance policies, whether it is to look at their accounting systems, whether it is to identify lawyers and brokers. So there is a cost and we're now in the process of number one, uh, identifying the, the, the organizations that can contribute the, the, the money to, to do it. Uh, number two, we're trying to identify the potential companies for approaching for the program. And number three, we're, uh, we're trying to identify the professionals who are going to assist us, whether it's lawyers, um, accountants, investment advisors, uh, and consultants to assist in the um, corporate governance and so on. So we have another meeting now to start to refine those thoughts. And um, I would hope that within a month or so, we'll be in a position to uh, actually go public with all our plans. Sounds good. And I actually um, absolutely wish you all the best. And I know with you at the helm, um, you are an actual, you know, an action person. So things will definitely get done. So I wish you all the success, John McFood. Thank you so much for talking with me today. It is Marlene Street Forrester, who has been a, a wonderful advocate for the junior stock market, uh, who started it. And we must also acknowledge the then Minister Shaw, who uh, also um, supported it at the, and the, you know, the junior stock market in an environment a Jamaican environment to launch it was an incredible achievement because governments had to believe enough in the private sector to uh, give up the potential um, taxes for this program. So it was to me one of the, the greatest things that has happened to the economy in, in recent times. Absolutely, absolutely. And of course, I know with um, Dr. Marlene Street Forest, uh, she's such a powerful a woman who, a leader who I admire greatly. So absolutely, and her team as well. So I know this MOU is going to augur well for everybody, you know, all the stakeholders. And I really wish you all the best. Thank you. And how may persons find you? They want to be part of the Jamaica Manufacturers and Exporters Association. How they may reach you? We have our website. And of course, you can call, but you can also visit the website, get the forms um, to fill out, to become a member. Just drop us a, 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 um, an email or call us and we are going to, we're happy to add new members. And of course, thank you for the opportunity to mention that there are a number of benefits being part of the association. So my number is 876-470-5646. Uh, All right, that's as good as it gets. <laughs> that's right. Okay, thank you very much.
Absolutely. That is John Mafood, CEO of Jamaican Teas Limited and president of the Jamaica Manufacturers and Exporters Association. And I want to thank you for listening to the Jamaica Stock Exchange and You podcast, which of course, you know, it is a podcast of the Jamaica Stock Exchange. The Jamaica Stock Exchange and You was brought to you by QMAX Wealth Management, making more possible. There are just so many gems being dropped today. So many things to take into consideration. You know, the mindset as it relates to exporting, which is usually what tests the middle of an entrepreneur. Different, um, totally different landscape from just selling into your domestic market. So many things about, you know, the benefits of listing on the, the Jamaica Stock Exchange. And not just that, how you can become part of the J JMEA and be part of that process to, to be listed as is mentioned um, as part of the understanding. I'd love to hear a feedback from you. So you may send us an email at podcast.jamstockx.com or you may visit us on social media at jamstockx. In the meantime, please follow this podcast on your favorite podcast app, whether it's Apple, Google, Stitcher, so many others to choose from. Just choose your favorite and, and follow. The Jamaica Stock Exchange and You is produced by me, Kenny Kawat, the supporter of the Entrepreneur New Podcast. And now, of course, the TV show, but we are on a break. You can find us more at KennyKawatThisPorter.com. So you can hear these leadership and entrepreneurship lessons from guests like... John Food, Zachary Harden, Marcel Forbes, Richard Branson, Seth Gordon, Lisa Nichols, ooh, and a host of others. Also on social media at Henneke Watkins Porter. That's all for now. See you next week. Until then, remember, as Warren Buffett says, rule number one, don't lose money. Rule number two, don't forget, rule number one, do take care.